Before we get in the Word of God, I am aware that everybody has been watching the news and is very aware of what has happened. Um, my opinion, I'm going to give it to you, do anything you want to. The uh, mayor of D.C. allowed Antifa in. That's my opinion. Because of the tattoos on the guys and when you have a man spraying a police officer with a fire extinguisher, you're staring at him. Someone told him to stand down. And they don't let him in the Capitol building with guns. They're not that dumb. Okay. This is planned. We're in for a ride, guys. We, the church, and we've said this over and over. You better get ready. And you get better get prayed up. And you better start taking the word serious. Because you and I have a secret place of the Most High, and you might want to find it. I spent a whole year in this church, in direction of the Holy Ghost, talking about the authority of the believer. I wasn't just preaching cute sermons. It was in preparation. Everything I've done for the last three or four years has been in preparation. Every sermon is because I saw this coming. Okay? Now, I don't see the same way Mary Fran sees. I don't see that about people. I, do, I actually do sometimes. But the Lord shows me that my pulpit is the pulpit of a prophet to prepare you. Okay. And when I, it's like tonight's sermon is not, I didn't get it out of a book. We're going to talk about loving God. We're going to get into what that actually means to love God. You, you, you and I are going to need him, period. You got him, you have everything you need. And you need to know that. Um, the children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt and they came into the promised land and the spies went in, ten looked at the problem and said no. You can't be the ten spies. Look at you, oh, God, we're going to die. No, that's selfishness. So, so I was telling Angela this earlier, and, and I want to just say this before we get into this tonight. A lot of people do not understand what communion is. And I'm going to explain it to you because I think you're ready to hear it. The average Christian is not ready to hear the Bible. When Jesus said, take, eat, this is my body, we call West for our healing and the blood is for our sins, and we've talked about that, and it is. But he said, my, when the life is in the blood, he's given, I'm giving my life for you. When they took communion, they laid their life down too. Do you understand that? They gave their self to Jesus. All of them died a martyr's death, but one. Most people... Can't even get to church on time. Because we've never understood the covenant that we're in. This is not an American book. This is an Oriental book. And this is a blood covenant. And so having said that, we're going to talk about what it means to love God. And understand something. You can be carnal if you want to. It will cost you to do that. And I just want you to know that. So, so it'll cost you. So anyway, I'm going to talk to you about loving God and what that means. And hopefully, I'm not going to get negative on you and you're going to go, oh boy, that was rough. No, no. how many of you want to love God? How many of you love God? Yes. How many of you want to know how to love God? Yes. 
I want to know. Um, God loves us. As a parent, you love your children. But there are things that you deal with them over because you love them. And God is the same way. He will deal with us. So anyway, I want, you to, I want you to go to Mark chapter 12, and I want to start off with what it means. So my question is, what does it actually mean to love God? Mark 12, 28. Are you all ready? Say, I'm ready. One of the scribes came and having heard him reasoning together, perceived that he had answered them well, and he asked him, which is the first commandment of all? He's talking to Jesus. And he said, the first commandment is, is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you'll love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. That is the first commandment, not a suggestion, it is a commandment. And the second is like it, you'll love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment that's greater than these. And the scribe said, well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God and there is no other but he. And to love him with all your heart and all your understanding and all your soul, with all your strength, is to love one neighbor as oneself is more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices, church, tithing, and everything. And Jesus said, he answered and he says, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dare ask him a question. So if, if indeed the, the two commandments of the New Testament are to love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself, I'm going to say, I don't believe we spend as much time on this as we should. I have not. But I want to answer the question, what is loving God? And I want to tell you why there's a problem in America with that, with that statement. Because in American English language, there is many words for love. And when we say, do you, and, and I'm going to say this to you because I hear it all the time. When I walk up to anybody who's Christian and not, do you love God? The answer is always yes. It's obvious most do not. If the problem is not that, the problem is, is that they have a definition different than God's. Why is that? Well, the world's definition of love is phileo. And that's where we get our word friendship. And I'm going to show you from the Bible that it is impossible for an unbeliever to operate in agape love. They can't until they're born again. It's impossible for them to do it. So that's the highest love they have. Well, think about that for a minute. Because, I mean, you you can't, I mean, uh, Hallmark movies? If you stop and think about it, Every movie you watch, almost every movie, every, it's, there's rarely do you ever see anybody operating in agape. Right, right. And, and it's friendship, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's, that's, a, that's a word for love, but it is not the word agape. It's not the word, it's not the word for loving God and loving others. It's a friendship love. And that, what that means is this, we will love as long as it's convenient, now, I can prove that to you by the divorce rate and, and the selfishness that goes on in the earth today. And, 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 and all of us in this room have been guilty, so let's don't get self-righteous. 
what is loving God? The problem is we have different definitions. We got brotherly love. We got storge, which is affection. We got eros, which is sex. And so a man goes, well, do you love Jennifer? I, oh, I love her. Do you love Betty? I love her too. Oh, do you love Deborah? Oh, God, I love them all. Well, what is that? that that's, that's, that's sex. That's what she can do for me, but that's the end of that. So the problem is, is when we talk about the word love, even on a Sunday morning, we have, we have a definition on our head that is not scriptural. It's not what Jesus was talking about. And I just mentioned it a while ago with blood covenant. The closest thing that, that the Bible calls the God kind of love, the closest thing that we saw when you're reading Ephesians um, 6, 5, and, and I read it every time there's a wedding. Husbands love your wives. Wives love your husbands. And, and, and we go down, and, and it, we think that God put that in the Bible for you to know, for me to have sermon material for a wedding. He didn't. He's using the analogy of a marriage to describe Christianity. All right. For instance, when I got married to Lisa, I gave Lisa me. When I married Lisa, I expect her to do the same. And thus, I gave her my name, I gave her my credit card, I gave her the checkbook, I gave her the keys to my truck. But I gave her me, 100% me. I expect exactly the same in return. That is what the Bible talks about loving God. Christianity begins the day you give Jesus you. That's what that's a Christian. That means that he has the right to tell you whether you pastor in Apopka or Georgia. Whether you like Florida or not. Ask me how I know that. He has a say so. And so a lot of times when we're talking about loving God, loving God, the, the number one. Well, let's let's let's. Go to Romans chapter 5. Let me back. Let me, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's, let's go back to what I said a while ago about the lost. Let me, let me do that first. The reason the lost, people who are unsaved and carnal Christians, talk the way they do is because they don't have agape in them at all. You can't give what you don't have. You know, I'd love to give you a million dollars. I just don't have it. But if I had it, so let me slow down here a minute. Let me just slow down. Because we've talked about this when it comes to healing. People say, well, if it's God's will. So my question is, can God heal you if he wants to? Can he? That means he has ability. So if Debbie called me on the phone and said, Pastor, um, I hate to ask you this, but we don't have any food in the house. And I know you got money. Will you help me? She's not asking me about my ability. She's asking me whether I care enough about her right. Right. to come help her. Right. Yeah. 
if God can heal you and won't, he's a liar. And he doesn't love you. But if he doesn't have the ability to heal you or to save you or to help you, then he doesn't care. Do you understand how unscriptural it is, if it be thy will? That how what you just said is that God has ability, but he doesn't care. That is a very strong indictment against a God who says he's love. Now, I don't believe in helping everybody because sometimes you're empowering them. Thank y'all. I have two kinds of poor people, innocent and guilty. Innocent people, I help. Guilty people, I let you die. I'll let you sleep in the gutter. I'll let you go broke. I'll let you walk. Because you're a bum. But see, most people have never made the division. That's what's wrong with the government right now. They don't need, we don't need to be sending money, all of my tax money overseas. Le- Boy, I'm going to tell you. But. That's not compassion. But the world doesn't know what love is. They have... They think they're walking in love. That's why the Bible says if you give to, you know, yourself to be burned and have not love, there is a type of giving you can do, and it's purely selfish. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you a little secret right now. It has nothing to do with my sermon. Don't do everything for your kids you can. Let them learn on their own some things. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, you, can't, you got to give little nuggets because you give too much. People go, oh, 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 hyperventilate. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Romans 5, 5. Are you all ready? Oh, man, the world of mine, the book of Acts. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Where did you get agape? You got it from God. You, you, don't, you have it to give because it was given to you. No one else does. Let's look at one more. 1 John 4, 19. We're going to look at a few scriptures tonight. Are y'all okay with that? Now, let me tell you another reason that I want, I'm preaching this, and I, and I want you to pay attention. I really, I almost went another direction tonight, but I need, I need to say this. I need to get this off my, off my chest. God's not obligated to answer all your prayers. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of your praying he won't touch. Why is that? Because you're not doing what he told you to do. Now, we need to go down and talk about all the times God, listen, Mark 11, 23 and 24, if you say there's a mountain, be there, move, cast and see. But if you have aught in your heart, he ain't talking to you. He'll leave you alone. He says, God resists the proud. You're full of pride, he's not even talking. You can talk all you want to, but it's a one-way conversation. Self-righteousness. Remember the self-righteous man? Boy, I'm glad I'm not like all the other people in this church. <laughs> He's not talking to you either. You've forgotten where, how you got where you are. So I, I want, I'm doing this because it's, you've got, right now, you've got to get all your prayers answered. You must get your prayers answered. Thank y'all. You can't be out there hoping something happens. You better know when you pray something, something's going to happen here. All right. So 1 John 4, 19, let's read this. We love him because he first loved us. 
Had he not given you unconditional love, you'd have none to give away. Now, you're secure. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. He will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory. You, therefore, now really don't ever have to pray for you at all. He will take care of you. Even a a sinner in prison gets feet, eats. He already told you, don't take thought because God takes care of the birds, he'll take care of you. We spend most of our time thinking about ourselves. That is selfishness. That's not love. And and, and you really have to stop thinking that way because what you're saying is that, you know, God's not going to take care of me. I'm going to take care of me, which is pride. Mm -hmm. God resists the proud. So, so you love others and you, you can love them because someone's already got you. Amen. You're not going to get hurt. You're not going to get in a position where God won't come along and take care of you because you're reaching out to another human now. Mm-hmm. Well, what if I give him my money? Is there a God? Yes. He sees it. Yes. You ain't going broke. Do you understand that? So Jesus was able to give himself because he knew God loved him. God loves me. I can, you know, so he gave himself to you, but he trusted God. You're, you're going to have to trust God if you're going to start loving God. Because love, the opposite of love, is not hate. It's selfishness. That means self is going to go on an altar and it's going to die. But do you have enough faith in God that he'll take care of you and not hurt you? You must. You must. Um, we, I could tell the story, and I, and I don't have the time. I got too many things to do. But I, remember me telling you the story about the time that he told me to start giving more? I'm already, I'm, I can't even eat. And I, you're crazy. I used to steal Cokes. You remember, the, you remember the machines where you open the door and they're laying? You could walk up and pop the top off and put a cup under it. They only cost a dime. But I didn't have a dime. And now I'm giving it to a preacher? You're crazy. And it wasn't a year later I was out of debt and driving a new car. So all God's doing was testing you to see if you really think he cares about you. So you got to get out of yourself. You're going to get out of yourself. And you're going to start thinking about other people, which is real important right now. You, you're not going to hate people who disagree with you right this minute and get along real good with God. Contrary to what you may think, he, he actually loves Democrats. Woo. Yeah. Because you know what? He don't want them going to hell. And you don't either. Is he going to take care of you? We'll find out because right now, if you're depressed, you're selfish. You are. That's selfishness. You just exposed. What about me? What are we going to do? <laughs> I'm preaching on purpose. That has to stop. God is good. The worst thing's going to happen to you is you die.
I know that's not Pastor, I think you've lost your mind. I have. I have the mind of Christ. So, so until a man is saved, he doesn't have any love to give. That includes, and, and baby Christians, baby orange trees don't have fruit on them. Baby Christians don't either. Don't go looking around for a baby Christian to have love on them. They don't have any love. They're baby. I mean, they come into church and go, me, 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 and you love them. But 10 years later, slap them upside the head. Well, I just got through slapping Angela a while ago. I said, she went, woo, hallelujah. All right. Yeah, I didn't know if she could handle it or not. I just kind of told her a couple things. First John chapter 5, loving God. Now listen to this and write it down. Loving God. Here's the definition of loving God. You ready? Loving God and obeying God are synonymous. If you don't obey him, you do not love God. All right, now let's go back. I'm going to give you scripture. I'm going to give you a bunch of scripture. When I got born again, the day I got saved, well, I say the day, probably the next day, I woke up, smoked a joint, celebrate, rolled roll a joint, celebrate being born again. Jesus spoke to me and said, take all your dope, your playboys, your rock music, get them out of the house. What was he asking me to do? Obey me. Now, that might not have been a big deal to you, but it was a big deal to God. Because if I say I love you, he's going to come and see. He's going to say, I want to see it. I mean, I don't want to see another playboy in your life. I don't want to see another drink in your life. And I see the church today, that, that's not popular. You bring up the word sin and people, I, I'm, here's what happened. The whole building goes, and I'm preaching hard. I mean, ain't nobody even moving. Like the night before Christmas and all through the house, ain't nobody was stirring, not even a mouse. I mean, it's just like, preach on children and sin, and you're talking about the church will go, because we've never learned to handle the fact that sin is deadly. That's why God don't want you doing that. Lisa, go in my office and get my trap. You know what I'm talking about. I'm going to teach him something about my boyhood. You know where it is. Sin's deadly, and you don't want it, because it will kill you. And that's what God's interested in. All right. Having said that, let me, let, let's go down this road. Now, write what I just said down. 1 John 5, 1. Write it down because, because don't ever forget this. It, it's, not, it's not like, you better do what I say. Let me ask your parents. You said, obey me. Did, were you doing that for the kids' sake? Yes. One time, Che used to take her bicycle Ride it right down the driveway, behind the car, into the street. I said, uh, young lady, what did I just see you do? Well, me and Kim were, I said, I know what you and Kim were doing. You drove your bicycle right past the car, and, and the, the bumper of the car is right there street, and, I, and boom, you're in the street. I said, I ever see that again, I'm going to tan your hide. She goes, Okay. Why in the world would I be so mean? I'm trying to keep him getting killed. So what happens a few days later? Down the driveway she goes. Right past the car. Right in the street. I brought her in the house. I said, apparently, 
I'm not connecting with your, with your brain. I brought her in the house, took her in the bedroom, took a big old paddle, and I said, whoa, Board of Education. I said, I ever see it again. I said, I'm going to tear you up. Never did it again. Now, I'm not, I'm not pulling her face off a bumper. So, does God love you? That's why there's rules. God wasn't being mean to Adam. When I used to, I used to run trap lines when I was a boy. Yeah. You know how to catch a raccoon? You lay that in the water, just under the water. They can't smell it. And you put a nice sardine on the bank. And their, finger, their, their foot gets in there like this. Oh, I need your finger for a minute, sweetheart. No, no, no I'm teasing. The sardine, there's a book out for raccoons. Do not eat sardines on the bank. It's got to be somewhere in the Bible for, for, for raccoons. Because sardines don't lay on the bank. So there's probably a God Bible someplace. Don't eat any fish that's not swimming because someone's trying to kill you. Why do we now have a Bible that goes, the woman next door, she ain't yours. Am I right or am I wrong? Come on, don't shout me down. So we kind of have this, not allowed to have a sardine. Didn't say you couldn't have fish. I just said you can't have the one laying on the bank. Because it's probably connected to some bad guy. And I caught a lot of raccoons. Just the ignorant little things, you know. I just come every morning, I go up and give me a big old raccoon. And anyway, I thought I'd bring in one. I have a whole backpack full of them at home. I still have them all. Just in case things get bad in America and I got to go out and catch some raccoons. I can, I, can live in the, I can live off the land. You need a raccoon? I didn't think so. You want squirrel? Have you ever had squirrel brain? What about squirrel tongue? Oh, man, delicious. It is. really is. It really is. You boil the brain, pop the jaw off. Looks like a huge cashew nut. Man, delicious. The sin didn't get you, but that one did. That was the end of the sermon right there. We're going on. 1 John 5, 1. Whoever believes that Jesus Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him, God loves him, is begotten of him. By this, we know, that we know that we love the children of God when we love God and do what? Now, let's just, let's just say it. Don't, don't get. That's the definition of love. If you're not doing what he says, you do not love God. It's not that difficult. And his Bible says, and, and, his, and his commandments are not grievous. They're good for you. But now, if, now let's, let me ask you this. What would happen if we took the commandment Love God with all your heart and your neighbors out of yourself, out of the New Testament. There wouldn't be any such a thing as Christianity. Am I right? Now, I'm going to tell you this, and don't get mad at me. Three quarters of the Christians that I know 
I don't think they know where their Bible is, much less obey God. Don't shout me down. They're not interested. I'm saved, and I'm going to heaven when I die. Now leave me alone. No, okay. My question is, and I, and I, and I know the answer, are you really a Christian? You could be, carnal baby. All right, let me finish reading this. The, okay. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. And whoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Faith works by what? Love. love. If, to the degree you obey God, you're, that is why Christians are sick. Most of the time, they're going, well, you know, I'm standing on the word, I'm standing on the word, I'm standing on the word. I'm just praying and believing God. Well, so why don't you stop believing for healing and get your Bible out and go back and start obeying God? Thank y'all. Uh, let me, let's get real, real. Why don't you start coming to church on time? Why don't you start being faithful? Why don't you quit lying? Oh, well, it's getting deep now. Because I'm not sure what people think that I'm supposed to be. You think I'm supposed to be using the Reader's Digest up here? But I've had people walk up and say, well, you said. I went, I was reading. And, I, and I'm going to tell you something. The Bible is really, it, it, is, a tough, it is a tough book. And, I, and it, your, your flesh is suffering or your spirit is. And if your spirit's happy, your flesh is not. And he told you to take your flesh and kill it. <laughs> that means you don't get to say everything you want to say and do everything you want to do. And it means sometimes you're going to wash people's feet that you don't like. Amen. Amen. I was reading a story here, and I, I, I wish that, and I might, I might dig it out and read it to you. I read it to Lisa today. And I, I went digging to find out why God blessed the South when the South was wrong about slavery. I wanted to know. And I found the answer. First of all, the war was not about slavery. It was about the North. The North, the Republicans, were bad. They were bad people. They're very much like what's going on in Washington right now. They were suppressing the South with taxation. And that's what started the war. That's, that's why they didn't want to be a part of a union where Washington was over Abraham Lincoln was not interested in ending slavery. Did y'all know that? But, but after he got beat in every battle by two God-fearing generals, the Holy Ghost said to him one day strong, set my people free. Now one thing I didn't know, only one in four black people made it to teenage years in slave days. That's wicked. And God was tired of it. And he wasn't going to help Lincoln. Lincoln did not get born again until right before he died. He was not a Christian. Amen. So Robert E. Lee, I'm reading a story today about they, they never fought on Sunday. They had church services. And he was more interested in getting Bibles to his men than bullets. 
how is it that God blessed this man who loved Jesus and he's on the wrong side? Because not until the Emancipation Proclamation was they on the wrong side. But the moment that Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, Thomas uh, Stonewall Jackson died and Robert E. Lee lost Gettysburg and the war was over. God was interested in the blacks. He wanted to end slavery. But he wasn't going to help Lincoln until he got his act together. That's pretty good, isn't it? Y'all didn't know that. I did all that study. It took me hours and hours and hours. And I didn't even charge y'all extra for that. Isn't that in, in history interesting to you? But anyway, Robert E. Lee, there's a Union guy that he was walking by and he hollered at him and started screaming at Lee. Lee got off his horse and walked over to him and laid hands on him and said, I pray you get well. And the man said, I laid there in a pool of blood and I cried myself to sleep of the compassion of a man that I've been fighting against. He was a godly man, but on the wrong side. Isn't that something? History's funny. Anyway, I didn't think, you probably didn't need to know that, nor did you care. I, I kind of, I'm kind of one of these people that if something's not right, I go find the answer. I just have this, that's bothering me. Okay. I want to know what makes things work. I like those books that tell me how things work. I want to know. I don't care how my phone works. You know Why? When I learn it, they'll change it. (laughs) So that's why we have sons. My phone, fix it. Lisa told me today, she said, I have, um, how much money do I have in Bitcoin, baby? Does it matter? matter? My Bitcoin is doubled. But don't ask me to find out how, because I don't know. I just want it, when I get enough money in there to pay off my truck, I'm going to sell it. (laughs) <laughs> but if without Justin and Jordan and Lisa, I, I know nothing, nada. And never mind, I know. Lisa's like, hush, honey. It's none of their business. Well, it might be. I might want to tell you. All right. It's my pulpit. I do what I want to. It's my party. John 14, 21. Go to John 14. Go, no, go to 1 John 2. We're there. Go back to 2, and then we'll go to 14, because I don't want you flipping back and then flipping back again. 1 John 2, 3. By this we know we love him if. I want to see it on the screen. By this we know we love him if. Help me, y'all. By this we know we know him. If what? It is not, I, this helps me. It is not my job to make you live right. You have no idea how that helps me. People say, where's so-and-so? I go, I don't know. I guess they backspin one tail. I don't know. I'll do my best. I'll do my best. But, you know, I, by this we know we know him. So listen, you run around saying, well, I love the Lord. Really? Is there proof of it? Do, are you keeping his commandments? Not mine, I didn't write the book. Angela, does that help you? Does that, that's even stronger than what I was talking to you earlier about. All right, now let's go to John 
Um, 14. Now we, we talk about this a lot, but we don't, we don't get into this part of it. John 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and we will manifest ourselves to him. You say, well, I've been praying and praying and praying about this, and nothing's happened. Dun, 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 really? Maybe it's because you're not doing what he said. He's not obligated to. Why would he want to heal you when you're not going to do anything he said anyway? Heal me, Jesus. Why? So you can keep doing your own thing your way anytime you want to and just completely ignore me. I ain't healing you. Goodbye. Get out of here. Don't even talk to me anymore. One day I was going to, um, the Lord said to me, someone's going to ask you to go to India. Now, let me tell you something. I love missions to the Bahamas. <laughs> Do you know how much fun it is to preach the gospel and to shoot lobster and grouper? Oh, my God. I take, I got a Hawaiian sling at home. And every time I get on an airplane, I put it on an airplane with me. And I, and I was suffering for days, rough, just rough, just rough. And I'd go out there and shoot lobster, bring them in, give them to the cook. Lobster every day. And I'm preaching Jesus, you talking about the ministry. <laughs> India. I don't think so. There's meat walking around and they won't touch it. <laughs> it stinks there. Aren't we funny? I love to preach the gospel in Hawaii. I mean, even down in, in Jamaica, there's coconuts and bananas and a hand of bananas, man. And coconut and, and grape nut ice cream, man. And meat patties on the street, man. I mean, you, I mean, in other words, the food is good. It's a mission trip you can enjoy. But in India? I don't think so. So the Lord said to me one day, he says, you're going to get invited to India. And I went, I don't want to go. I can't think of any reason. I'm not thinking about souls. That's obvious. <laughs> and uh, I said, um, I don't really want to do that. And he said, why not? And I said, well, I don't want to be gone from Lisa for two weeks. That was the truth. I said, uh, he said, you love Lisa more than me? Well, no. That's the right answer. He said, well, I want you to go. It was a very rough trip. Very, very hard trip. I slept on a bed that was five feet long. I'm five foot ten and a half. My feet stuck out the end. You want to roll over at night, pull your feet in, roll over, turn them in, stick them back out. <laughs> Mosquitoes eat you up at night. Folks, it's just... I. I just didn't see anything virtuous other than people getting saved. We smuggled $10,000 worth of crusade equipment into that country and, and, and took it down to the jungles where they were able to put on a bicycle and go up in the villages and show the Jesus film. And the people are probably still using it today. People, there's probably been thousands of people saved because of that trip. But I didn't want to go. But, 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 he, but I didn't really, if, you know, it's one of those things. Do you love me? I do. I, I, want, you to, I want you to go to India. When, when Rick Renner, when God asked him to move to Moscow, Rick Renner puked his guts out for days. 
from, from fear. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to move to Russia. I don't want to go to Russia. I, I'm, I'm an American. I'm li- I got a ministry. I don't want to live Russia. Are you serious? And that's why most people don't want to serve God. He's liable to ask you to go to Russia. And he might. What do you think Peter was screaming about when he was, you know, the next day he denied knowing Jesus? Don't shout me down. They all lost their life living for God, obeying God. Wow, it's quiet in here. It's going to cost you in the natural to be a Christian. It's going to pay, but it's going to cost you. You're not going to do everything you want to do. You're not going to go everywhere you want to go. Okay. Go to Matthew 26. The next thing loving God is, I give you me. Y'all all right? I give you me. 26, 26. This is what I was reading a while ago. As they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and said, he ate, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them and said, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the removal of sin, the remission of sins. But I say to you, I'm not drinking this fruit of the vine again until the day I drink it again, you in my father's kingdom. And then when they sang a hymn, they went out of the Mount of Olives. And I tried to find where, but that was a serious moment for them. And we refer back to that when we take communion. And the Bible says, for this reason, many are weak and sick among you, not discerning the Lord's body. So why, and it says, if you have sin in your life and you take communion, then your sins will be forgiven you. Well, that's because you're confessing them. Father, I haven't obeyed you. I haven't done what you said. So communion is a, is a time that we celebrate what Jesus did, but it's also a very solemn time for you to look at your life and go, how am I doing, God? How am I doing? I got more stories to tell you, but I don't have the time. 1 John 3.16, let's go back over there. No, go to John 13. We'll read that first because it's on the way there. I don't want to bounce that much. John 13. I could just put them on the screen, I guess. 13.34. A new commandment I give you that you love one another as I love you. you that's, that's a mouthful. That you love one another. By this all men will know you are my disciples if you have love one for another. The love that Jesus gave us was totally 100% self-sacrificial. Thank you all. I'm not supposed to be the only person in this church laying down my life. I'm really not. I, it's nice when I pick up the phone and call people and they actually answer and do what they tell me they're going to do. And it's rough when you go, oh, we won't be in there tonight. I know I told you I'd be in the nursery when my parents were in town. That's not good. You lied. <laughs> You've been praying for their salvation, and now you told them that they're more important than God. If you give someone your word, keep your word. Boy, I keep putting these plugs in. A new commandment I give you, love one another as I love you. We stay there for a month, but I don't have time. Go to 1 John 3.16. This is the counterpart to John 3.16. Isn't that amazing? 1 John 3.16. What I'm telling you right now is the reason why a lot of things aren't working. 
By this we know love because he laid his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. He didn't say whether you like them or not. Whoever has the world's good and sees his brother in need and shuts his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, don't love just in word or in tongue, but in deed and truth. By this we know that we are of the truth and assure our hearts. Now look at this, verse 20. If our heart condemns us, God's greater in our heart and knows all things. If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, even if you're dying of cancer, we receive because we keep his commandments. Your heart is keeping you from faith because you're not obeying God. If you know that you know that you know you're obeying God, your heart will be full of faith because you've given you and you know he's given you him. See, faith, see, he's allowed you to be the standard That's why he made a statement, to the measure you give. If, if you give with a thimble, you believe, in thim- you believe it's coming back with a thimble. Your faith won't let you believe for a wheelbarrow. Your, faith, your heart will not let you believe that. Because you set that standard. You can't see wheelbarrows because you have a thimble. But the minute you go to a cup... And you start giving out of a cup. You have cup faith and God brings it back in a cup. Not because he's bringing it in a cup, but because that's where your heart is. Okay. To the degree you love people, you'll lay hands on them and see them healed. To the degree you love people, you'll see them born again. Well, I'm, I'm doing really good. I know y'all are looking at me like, when you use a wheelbarrow, it's, that's where your faith is. And it'll come back in a wheelbarrow. I can remember giving $5. It came back in, in 50 but Nobody gave me any $500. But when we started giving away $1,000, it came back in $5,000. I never had anybody give me $5,000, so I gave $1,000. Does that... God didn't do that. My, my heart doesn't operate past my faith. Yes, that's right. My heart tells me that you can't believe for a thousand when you give ten. Right. My heart says it won't work because faith works by love. Amen. Okay. Yeah. The reason you believe in mercy is because you give mercy. Yeah. Oh, God loves me. He's merciful. Well, I'll guarantee you, you're merciful. Well, I won't tell you, I think God's mad. That's because you hate everybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> Impatient. No, that's, I'm doing really good. It's not God directing your faith. It's you directing your faith. Okay. And, and this, I, I just answered, why God, why so great? See, even you can give selfishly. You say, well, I want more God. Good. You're about to become very kind. 
Never mind. I was, I was listening to Henry Drummond the other day. Mark Hankins sent us this thing on, on YouTube, Henry Drummond. You read the love chapter. Wow. How does anybody do that? <laughs> well, you can. But if he does it, then you decide, I'm going to be, I'm going to be benevolent today. That's a, you're, you're now deciding to allow the love of God to control you. I'm going to be kind today. I'm going to be merciful today. They're going to say this to me, and I'm going to go, eh, bless them. Which is very different than the way I used to be. I would say, bless them out. And I used to ask people, say, how come I get blessed out all the time? Might be reaping what you sow. I'm just talking about me. Are y'all doing all right? All right. Did I read 23? This is the commandment that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus, and. We're talking about being a Christian, aren't we? We believe in Jesus and. And what? I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus and. What do you believe in Jesus and what? And love one another as he gave us the commandment. So did he, did he live his life that way? Yes. We should. Yes. We should be living our life unselfishly. We should be. Now, we're going to have to work on it. And you have to see the benefit of it because it's very beneficial. All right. All right. Let's go to one more so we can close. 2 Corinthians 6. This is the Mac Daddy. So just hold on to your seat. Do not love the world. It has nothing to offer you. That's what the world does. The world loves the world. 2 Corinthians 6.11. Are you ready? Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affection. Your affections are restricting you. That's where the problem is in your affections. Okay, don't, don't, don't throw anything. Now in return for the same I speak to children, you also be open. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, communion has light with darkness, and what accord has Christ with Belial, or what part is a believer with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with an idol? For you are the temple of the living God. As God said, I'm going to dwell in them. I'll walk among them. I'll be their God. They'll be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Don't touch what's unclean. What are you doing to do with pornography? Get rid of it. You know, it's hard to be tempted by something that isn't there. I'm not tempted to drink. I don't have any. I'm not tempted with porn. I don't have any of that either. Is that, you don't like it, just get rid of it. Stay, and stay out of the places where it bothers you. If you can't handle the bar, don't go. And leave all your friends alone that do go because that's going to be a temptation. Preach Jesus to them. They'll leave you. You don't have to leave them. (laughs) 
I have so much honest. I will be a father to you. I will be a father to you. Come out. In the Old Testament, well, you'll be my sons and daughters, says Lord God, God Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, cleanse ourselves from filthiness of your flesh and spirit and perfect holiness in the fear of God. The Old Testament during Lent, whatever that means, during the days of purification, they had to get all of the leaven out of their house. That means they cleaned everything out. We need seasons in our life where we get real retrospect. I hope I said that right. Where we look at ourselves and go, God, what do you see that you want me to deal with? And I'm going to tell you a secret. I'll tell you. Don't drum up stuff that isn't there. That's the devil. Just don't, don't condemn yourself. Well, I should have done that five years ago. Stop that. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about the stuff that pops up and you're like, yeah, I did. People that pop up. People. You're praying and they keep. Bless them, Lord. That's not what I said. I want you to go find them and make it right. This is, this is like, but I, but, but I wasn't in the wrong. That's pride. Okay, let's do it again. I'm going to tell you, if, if, if there's things keep popping, you're praying and their face keeps coming up. God, you want me to pray for them? No, I want you to go talk to them. Because you've offended them or they've offended them. Listen, I... That I want you to love me and love that. That's my that's my son. That's my daughter. And I want you to get it straight, yes. boy. And I mean, you, you you do this a few times and you'll stop screwing up. But Brother Hagen made a statement one time. He said um, that he went to a guy and repented because he knew that if he got all the way back to Texas, he's going to have to drive back to California and make it right. It'll hinder your life and you'll die early. If you don't keep yourself clean, it's affecting your life, folks. It's affecting you. And I'm not talking about us being bad people. No, no, I'm just talking about you and I, your faith working. Your faith, if you love God, if you love God, keep his commandment. Do what he said. Okay. Don't love the world. James 4.1, go over there because I want to make one more statement to you. Go to James 4.1 and... I got enough time. Are y'all all right? The other morning, I, I got to tell you this story, and maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I tell you too much about me, and, and I, maybe, maybe that's not good. I don't know. When I get home, I'll ask Lisa, and she'll tell me whether I was stupid or not. We had a prayer meeting here Sunday night. When I went home, I didn't sleep till, I didn't even go to sleep till 5 in the morning. I wrestled with God all not because my heart and my I, I'm resisting him. I'm bothered and I don't like it. And I finally talked to him all night about what I didn't. I mean, I just flat had it out with him. Nobody's ever done that. I mean, I don't know whether y'all. I mean, I I just said, said you know what? I'm pulling the cork out. 
and I'm going to tell you what I think. And I, I, I didn't sleep. Five in the morning, I finally had, and I went to sleep. I woke up at 7.30, and I could hear Norville Hayes preaching. God answered my prayer. I went in my room and turned Norville on. I knew God was answering my prayer. And Norville said to me the thing that I had been praying about, and God answered. But I, but I went to the God, and I said, I am not moving forward. You will answer me, or I'm not moving forward. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Now, I'm just being honest with you. You know, we have to get over this idea that you've never had wrestlings in you. You know, what is it? Jacob wrestled with the angel. I mean, there's times that I get in there with God and I go, you asked me to do this job. And I'm going to tell you right now, you aren't helping me. And I don't like it. I'm just being I'm. But the next morning when I woke up, I could hear, I hadn't heard Norval Hayes, Lisa, in 30 years. And I went, Norval, I mean, I could hear him in my brain preaching to me. And I looked at Lisa that morning, and I said, I, had a, I heard Norval preaching this morning. And I went in my office and turned on Norval, and the Lord used a CD by Norval to answer my question, and I left my room knowing God had answered my prayer. And all my peace came back. But I had, I, is this too much for y'all? And one of the things he gave me with this scripture, you come out from among them, and he told me, he says, clean it up. I said, I'm going to clean it up. And I'm not talking, I don't, I don't, I don't lie, cheat, and steal and rob. I'm just talking about it. Even bad attitudes. All right. And he said this to me. He said, you can't resist the devil if you're going to run with him. And, and he wasn't talking to me at that point. He just told me about this church. People in your church cannot resist the devil if they're running with him. Okay. Romans 12, I don't have it. Romans 4, James 4, 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Aren't they coming from your desires for pleasure that are worn in your members? You lust, you don't have. You murder, you covet, you can't obtain. You fight. Husbands, wives fight. Yet you don't have because you're not asking. You ask, but you ask, you don't receive. You ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. You adultery, you adulteress. Don't you know that friendship with this world makes you the enemy with God? Woo. Whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scripture says in vain the spirit who dwells in you yearns jealously? You can grieve the Holy Ghost. And that's what was going on inside of me. I mean, the Holy Ghost was going, no, and I'm going, ah. Never mind. Okay. You ever read that scripture says don't, um, I think it's First Peter, Stop laughing and get real serious, whatever that means, you know. There's times you just need to get real serious. This, this is not a laughing. I'm not a, I don't want to laugh tonight. <laughs> Too much for y'all. All right. I, I want an answer. I want an answer. Okay. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee for you. You draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hand, talking to Christians, you sinner. Purify your heart, you double-minded. 
Lament and mourn. There it is. That's what I was looking for. Lament and mourn and weep. Stop. Don't, don't worry about Rodney. Don't worry about Rodney right now. Don't worry about um, Mark Hankins. Forget the laughter CDs <laughs> for today. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble yourself in the sight of God, and he'll lift you up. And don't speak evil of one another. And there he goes in talking about walking in love. Are you all all right? Now, there's a time where you and I just need to get it before God and go, it's time to clean it up. Everything. Attitudes, everything. Because if you want your faith to work, fears. How many of y'all afraid what you're watching on TV? It's bothering you. You get it under the blood. That's fear. That's pride. Get it under the blood. Obey God. Count it all joy. Cast your cares on the Lord. Count it all joy. Stop the pity. Stop it. It's sin. Stop it. You understand? There's times you just got to go, okay, God, I'm doing your way. Peter, when he denied Jesus because he was afraid he was going to die, later they came to kill him and he's asleep. He is obviously casting his cares on the Lord. Um, what are they going to do? Kill me tomorrow? All right, well, wake me up. All right, I'm going to read one more thing to you. I'm the only one. I got time. I got this from Rick Renner. It's the Renner-inspired version of 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. And I can't wait till he comes out with his Bible because he is, he's good. You emphatically and categorically need to know with unquestionable certainty that in the very end of days, when time has sailed to the very last port, no more time remains for the journey, that last season will stand in the midst of uncontrollable, unpredictable, hurtful, treacherous, menacing times that will be emotionally difficult for people to bear. Say, I think we're talking about right now. All right. People will be self-focused, self-centered, self-absorbed, self-consumed, and in love with themselves more than anyone else. As a result of self-love, they'll be driven to obtain more and more and more. These boasters are so committed to their own agenda, they're willing to exaggerate, overstate facts, stretch the truth, embellish the story, even lie if it'll get in position, advantage, or goal it desires. My God, sound like Washington. They are arrogant, haughty, impudent, snooty, insolent. They disdain, mock, slander, speak evil of anyone who stands in the way of their ideology. They freely use foul language. In this climate, parents will no longer be able to persuade, control, lead, or exercise authority even over their own children. And although people were once thankful and appreciative, they will generally become void of gratitude and will be unappreciative of anything. Impurity will seep in society, and because it becomes so impure, ill-mannered, unclean, and indecent, vulgar, offenses, crude, lewd, and rude. Say, oh, think it's a newspaper. All right. Say, Fox. Love for and commitment to find, oh, CNN, and family will degenerate. Divorce will become epidemic, with irreconcilable differences being a major factor in tearing families apart. In fact... Every imaginable type of covenant will regularly be violated and the court system will be overwhelmed as people go overboard suing and being sued. People will generally, I got, someone threatened to sue me because I opened the doors to the church. You, someone dies, I'm going to sue. Are y'all out there? You go, Christian, Christians. I can get carnal for a moment. 
You don't even believe that's true, do you? What happened to Rodney's when he decided to take a stand? People going by and shooting at the building. What kind of numb nuts are, are we dealing with? In fact, every imaginable type of covenant will be regularly violated. The court system will be so overwhelmed as people go overboard suing and being sued. People will generally lose the ability to say no and will be unable to control their instincts in every area of their life. People will become savage, eventually feel like there's no laws to protect the innocent. What, what happened in the court? What happened today? Really? You mean I have to carry? I don't, I'm, I'm thinking about open carry in church on Sunday. People come to me and go, your gun's showing. Really? It's on all the time, guys. I wonder why. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. People will find it easy to walk away from commitments and throw away relationships. They become reckless, impulsive, known for enjoyment of violence. They will become full of pride, inflated with a sense of their own self-importance to the extent that it may end up feeling like society has been hit by a typhoon. However, those menacing winds will change eventually and blow out like a storm that comes and goes. Meanwhile, people will become fixated on the unobtainable pursuit of happiness and pleasure even more than they love God. I'm done. How many of y'all, I'm on a quest to love God and to obey God and not allow society in. I'm not going to be mad with them, angry with them, or fall apart and go to hell with them. I'm not saying I'm going to lay down and let them do it. I'm going to get on the phone with some senators and tell them they're not getting voted again. I'm going to preach and pray. I'm going to get as many people saved as I can because soon and very soon we're going to see the king. And we're here... Jesus came up. He didn't have any voting rights. There was a Democrat in office. There it was. It was a bad, it was a bad government, a very bad government when Jesus was on the earth. I'm not saying that I agree with that. No, I'm not saying I like it. But I'm saying that my, I'm not changing right now. I'm not changing with this culture. I think it's time for us to love God with all of our hearts. I've been loving him all these years. I'm not going to stop now. Actually, I'm going to tell you more so. I'm looking at me more now than I ever have. Reading love, love is patient, love is kind. It hardly notices when others do it wrong. Bless those who curse you. Do good to them. I'm not running around mad at anybody anymore. I've, I've gotten mad at a few people in the store while I'm like, where's your mask? I'm like, go out and get one on. Be kind. Walk up to them, tell them God loves them. Go buy your grits. Are you all out there? Yeah. Folks, we're getting serious because I want to get my prayers answered. I want to know I'm obeying God. If you say I love God, you'll obey. Right now in this church, there's a lot of people who come to church and say I'm saved. That's fine. It won't go well. It will not go well with them. I don't, I, don't want, I don't say that haughtily. I had a boy in my youth group. I took him to work every day. 
Lisa knows who I'm talking about. His mom was crazy. His dad died when he was younger. He had a really bad life. And he was in my youth group, and I'd pick him up, and I got him a job, took him to work. Read the Bible to him, ministered to him, loved on him. One day he met this girl. Boy, she was a hot little thing, hot short shorts and halter top, and there wasn't much there. And he jumped in bed with her and fell in love and married her. And I said, don't do that. Nah, you know what, I'm not listening. You know, you can love someone, but you can't make them mine. He bought him a rifle one day, an AR. Him and his cousin, I think Lisa, went in the garage and started shooting it at night. His wife called the cops on him. He's just a, he's a fun-loving, simple boy. Stepped out on the front porch, they are, and the police killed him. Early 20s, dead as a rock. I'm going, I told you. <laughs> There's consequences, and, you, and I, you grow up around that, and you help people, and you help people. And, and I just want sometimes to look at people and go, don't do that. It will not come out right. It will not come out right. I didn't know that was going to happen. Well, he's with Jesus a little early. I can tell you that's happened many times since I've been saved with friends. Many, many times. Wish it didn't. So I preach on living right passionately for your sake. I hope you're listening. Because I wanted to go well with you. It's going to be rough enough if you obey God. Get if you disobey. So let's pray. Father, we're, we're sitting at a crossroads in America. We've been watching this over a year. I have chosen to obey you. I've chosen to live my life before you and do what you say. You said love one another. I'm going to do that. I'm going to love people who love me. I'm going to love people who don't. I'm going to minister to people who come, and I'm going to minister to people who don't. I'm not going to spend my life angry, upset, or mad. I'm not going to allow that to happen to me any longer. I'm not going to sit around and worry. That's a sin. I'm not going to fret and be full of anxiety either. You told me not to do that. I'm not going to do it. I pray that everybody in the sound of my voice would, would, would realize that this is for our benefit. This is how you surround us and keep us in the secret place. This is how the angels surround us and keep us. This is how you keep our families intact. Because nothing conquers love. And if anybody's in here tonight's missed it and not obeying, I just pray mercy as they make adjustments. No condemnation in his place. In Jesus' name, amen. When it comes to our children and grandkids, let me tell you something. I've had to make adjustments to quit preaching at them. Sometimes they just need me to love on them. I wait for the opportunity to talk. If they're not listening, I'm going to be there. Not walking out of their lives because they're not doing right. Amen? Amen. That goes with friends. Kenneth.
Kenny Robinson said to me one time, he says, don't burn a bridge behind you. You may want to cross back over it one day. Yeah. Amen. Anyway, thank you all for coming. You all get out of here. Have a good night. And I'll see you Sunday morning. Mary Fran will be here. And I'm taking Sunday off and coming to church like you. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button or you can text 407-955-5345 and remember our pastor's vision is this we grow christians so we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time